This is the Resurrection Identity Podcast, and my name is Tyler Miller. Today on the show, we have a very special guest, DJ Runia, one of my very good friends, and he is going to share his testimony about how the Lord resurrected him from a life of self-harm, anxiety, depression, and brought him into a promised land of victory and joy in him. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. Let's go. Welcome back to the Resurrection Identity Podcast. And today's episode is called Resurrected from Self-Harm. And I'm here with one of my really good friends, DJ Runia. Hey, is that actually what you're calling it? Resurrected from Self-Harm? Yeah. Oh, cool. I sure am, Deej. Nice. Um, Okay. Nice. So so we're going to, I wanted to have DJ on the podcast because he has an amazing testimony and I wanted him to share it with you guys. And so for anyone that's been through self-harm or thoughts of suicide, demonic stuff, DJ is going to, he's going to be your guy today because Jesus is his guy. And together Amen. they're going to work um, and really testify um, and I think bring a lot of hope. So I'm just going to ask DJ a couple of questions. DJ, can I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, sure. Okay. Go for it. Great. So basically first... Please, this isn't a question. This is a this is a demand. Please share your I said please, so it's not a demand. Um, please share your testimony with us. Just take us through your journey with the Lord, kind of how you grew up, what stuff started happening in your life, and then how yeah. the Lord brought you out. All right. So yeah, so I grew up um here in small town Iowa and um yeah, I, I was raised actually in a Christian household. My parents were both Christians, but um yeah, you'll hear a lot of stories of people that are raised Christian, but it's really important for you to actually make your faith your own. Mm-hmm. And Amen. despite the fact that I grew up in church, and I mean, there's so many people that have this story. They grew up in church. They, um, like they said all the right things. They did all the right things. And you kind of grew up always knowing that Christ was real, mm-hmm. but not actually knowing why you knew that Christ was real. Mm-hmm. Um, just side tangent. I was, I was at a youth group, um, a couple of months ago and I asked, uh, some of the kids in the youth group, I just challenged them. I said, how do you know that God is real? Mm. And they said, well, I mean, like my parents raised me this way. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. like (laughs) always just kind of figured that. And I said, so if I wasn't a believer and I came to you and I said, prove to me that God is real, I don't believe in God and you do prove to me that he's real. And they were like, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Mm -hmm. And that's so many, um, Mm -hmm. especially young people who grew up in church. And that was me. So because I never really had an, like internalized the foundation of my faith and actually had a reason for the hope that I had, you know, and I mean, I think it's in the first or second Peter, it says, always be prepared in season and out of season to um, give a reason Mm -hmm. for the hope that you have. Mm -hmm. I never had that, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, I grew up in a church where I was never challenged into that. And I love my church and I love my parents. Don't get me wrong, but, mm-hmm. um, it was just something that I never developed for myself. Mm-hmm. And so then what happens is because I had never really developed that and internalized my faith, then the world starts creeping in Yeah, the teachings of the world and the philosophies of the world start to like, you don't have that, um, 
protection from that that you would get from internalizing mm-hmm. your faith. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You yep. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the world that I ended up going into when I went to college was I was a psychology minor mm-hmm. and um, I spent a lot of time learning about different psychological disorders and um, you hear about anxiety. Here's the symptoms of anxiety or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we have so many people today that have anxiety more than ever before. And I mean, I, I know at least for me personally, I remember hearing about those symptoms and then thinking to myself, oh, I think I have that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just, I, I was bullied in junior high. So there were things that brought about me ultimately becoming, um, like genuinely anxious and genu- yeah. like I would have panic attacks and wow. I, so don't get me wrong. It was like a really real thing that, mm-hmm. I mean, the, I'll just say here, the, the symptoms that I went through were self-harm, just like mm-hmm. you said, resurrected from self-harm mm-hmm. and just to get a little bit into my self-harm story. Um, like I, um, I, I, I put on this identity of being someone who, who was anxious and had mm-hmm. anxiety, like anxiety. That's me. That's who I am. Yeah. And I then you am get, anxiety or I am depression. Right. Yeah. right. And wow. so I, when you, when you go to doctors and they'll die and then they'll diagnose you with this stuff and yeah. they'll say, you have now I have a diagnosis of this. Mm-hmm. I, I got avoidant personality disorder and it, it kind of became like my core identity. Mm-hmm. So I'll get into this a little bit. What, what identity is, is it's who you believe yourself to be and it's who you try to prove to the world around you that you are. Mm-hmm. And that for me was anxiety. And so what does that result in? It results in me, um, cutting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, at one, I mean, when I would get anxious because someone would look at me funny, mm-hmm. I would, um, slash my wrists and I would turn myself into the ER cause I needed stitches. Mm. And that was like my way out. That was my coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, and it, looking back, it was totally demonic. And in yes. fact, I know that now that it was totally demonic cause there were, I'm just being real here. Yeah. There were times that I would become fully like, like bodily encapsulated by just demons. I would, I would mm. tense up. I would writhe around. I don't know if I've even ever shared this with you, but mm. like I had voices in my head talking to me mm. and you go to doctors and they'll tell you, um, you must, maybe you're in the early stages of schizophrenia yeah. or something. So then wow. you start living that out and you start thinking, Oh, that's going to happen eventually anyway. So, hmm. um, I might as well identify with these voices in my head. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, that was kind of me at my darkest and lowest point. Yeah. I gotta, I want to jump in here because like, this makes me emotional because like, <laughs> if you, if you guys do DJ now, you would be like, yeah, you're making all this up. Like he is not like this at all anymore. (laughs) And so this one, this like hearing this about like demonic warfare and, and we're talking about actual real demons. We're not talking about like, I kind of felt bad. It's like actual voices from actual hell, actual demons that fill you and, you know, have, have dominion in your body to some extent. And, come upon you in certain times in certain ways and that oppression from the enemy. And it's, it's emotional to think about that. Like you as a young man suffering through that all because the enemy knew that you would get to where you are right now today, speaking this on this podcast and in your life, like as you share your testimony and live your salvation, he wanted to avoid this moment that you're having literally right now, which is so awesome. Like, it's so cool. So I just want to say, yeah, 
everyone that's listening to this, like you would honestly not believe that anyone would ever be like, yeah, he has like personality avoidant. I don't even know what that is. I can assume. Avoidant but, personality like, disorder. Avoid, yeah. You just want to avoid people. Yeah. Just avoid people. Like you're scared of people. Yeah. And like, that's not the man who's sitting across from me at all anymore. I'm sure there's times where it's like, okay, I've had too much people today. That, uh, me too. <laughs> but like um, but, being introverted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, not a disorder that's like i can't function with no, people it, it was to the point that now i'm getting really personal yeah. but like i i went to college and i would lock myself in my dorm room i'd be afraid to go out of my dorm room wow and it, there were shared bathrooms so yeah. i even to go to the bathroom i wouldn't oh my gosh and having deep depression you know when you have depression to the point that you're afraid to get out of bed or or you can't you physically can't and i mean i'll, I'll acknowledge it's a very real thing for yeah. a lot of people oh, yeah um, yeah, I, I'm not denying that, that psychological disorders aren't a real thing. I'm just saying it's becoming a, it's becoming a bigger thing than it needs to be. And, and, um, yeah, I, I just remember, I remember for me personally going to doctors and them telling me, um, more and more that I had this thing that it caused me to just identify with it more and almost like take solace and comfort in that mm-hmm. as my identity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's, I, yeah, I don't know if there's anyone else out there that feels that way, but mm. um, there were a lot of, uh, um, like, there was a lot of affirmation of that identity that was happening when I was in that period. And I had gone to the mental hospital like two mm. or three times. Yeah. And I think that what it was is I would go and you would receive comfort from mm-hmm. from nurses or doctors. And, mm-hmm. and if you were too afraid to um, be open and vulnerable with with people like my parents, for example, or with, um, friends, then I felt as though the only outlet was for me to lash out in the most violent way possible. Mm -hmm. And in the end it was, it was really just a lie from the enemy, you know, um, convincing me to do that and to, Mm -hmm. and to have those distorted thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was kind of what I went through. That's a really interesting thought. So you're, you're talking about, you found some sort of identity in those diagnoses. Yes. Diagnoses. Yeah, diagnoses. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Sorry, you guys. Um, no, but you have this this identity that's that's in these things that have been spoken over you, and it like brings you some level of comfort. You were saying because yeah. it like it made it make sense, kind yeah. of. And yeah, like, and that's the key is it was spoken over me, and I spoke it over myself. Yeah. And the power of life and death is in the tongue. The yeah. word says that. Yep. And Amen. so the more that you speak a certain identity over yourself, the more that it's going to come into fruition. You'll just start believing. You, you it. really you become. Um, and you, and you start to live out what is spoken over you and what mm-hmm. you speak over yourself and the content that you consume, the mm-hmm. things that you listen to, mm-hmm. like all, and the people that you hang out with, all that has an effect on you. And so for me, I like naturally the stuff I was watching was what violent movies, the exorcist mm-hmm. and stuff like that, wow. you know, like horrible, um, like, and, and I mean, of course I, I was a film major. I was, I was majoring in, um, in, uh, uh, digital media and mm-hmm, film. Mm-hmm. So I was really interested in film criticism and I, and I loved horror movies Yeah, and it all just fed into, it was because it all fed into that identity. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, so that doesn't like help at all. Like to, to be watching that. Cause I know there's a yeah. lot of believers and that do watch horror movies. Yeah. And, and on this show, funny. like I want to be so real about this stuff. Cause like if you've never seen demonic attachment in someone, um, if you've never experienced someone getting delivered from a demon these are very real things this is not a horror movie we're we're talking about real life and it is it really shifts your perspective on things when you're like wow so i'm actually allowing things into my home spiritually and i'm opening doors to hell 
And in, in this thing, you're like, you're feeling this hellish identity and it's being spoken over you, but then you're coming into agreement with it right. because you don't know any better. Like, you're just like, well, right. this, I have some sort of control with this because it was spoken and it, it, it makes sense out of my life in some way. It gives me an identity where I feel like I didn't have one maybe before or something. And then you start feeding that identity with things like horror films or things mm -hmm. of the darkness. And God is like, we're to be people of light. It doesn't mean you don't deal with the darkness, but you bring the light into the darkness. Right. And so you don't allow the darkness to come into you. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like people don't realize how much like people don't always know how to pay attention to uh, mm -hmm. things like spiritual warfare. And I know mm -hmm. that was me for sure, because um, when you think about things just from a psychological framework, mm -hmm. like, oh, the things that are happening in my brain are just chemical imbalances and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, you're not thinking about the fact that there's supernatural and spiritual things mm -hmm. behind everything. Yeah. You know, like maybe I had less of a psychological problem and um, more of a spiritual issue. Maybe mm -hmm. it was more something that was going on at the core of my being. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was kind of the big revelation. Uh, that was part of the big revelation that I went through that's ended up setting me free was I, you know, kind of as a last resort, I had tried all, every medication, just about every anxiety or depression medication I was prescribed at some point. And, you know, it, it I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry to say this, but it just didn't work, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I went to all kinds of counselors and therapists and nothing seemed to really be um, doing anything for mm -hmm. me. I, um, and I mean, my sister is a mental health therapist, so I love like, and, and I mean, I, myself, I, I work for an org for a ministry that, um, we talk people, we talk with people and people who are struggling. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of, um, good that can come from, um, sharing and being vulnerable and being open and mm -hmm. talking with you totally. through your struggles with people. Yes. That's hundred percent. That's great. But I know that like being in a, in that clinical setting, um, I, part of it was because I, I didn't care and I wasn't all that interested in dying to my old self and, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, um, becoming a new creation at, at the mm -hmm. time in any way. But like I had tried all those things mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I got to the point that I thought maybe what's going on in my head is more than just in my head, but maybe it's in my spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. maybe, you know, as a last resort, I sought out, um, spiritual guidance. Yeah. 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 So but, how did that, come about where did you find that spiritual guidance like who did you end up going to and what did that look like yeah so i know you talk a lot in the podcast about um the importance of receiving the holy spirit mm -hmm. um into yourself and you know i grew up in a church where we believed in god but you know there's the father son and holy spirit and the holy spirit wasn't talked about all that much mm. and a key aspect of the holy spirit is that the holy spirit empowers you just like it says in second timothy 1 7 the mm. spirit that god gave you is not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and sound mind. Yeah. Right. And so, mm -hmm. um, I went to like a, a conference. I went to, uh, and the topic of the conference was, um, I think it was inner healing. Mm. It was a lot like basically like, um, therapy, but with, with in a spiritual sense, like just yeah. the c same kind of stuff that you would go to therapy for, but working through it um, not addressing your mind and your psychology, but in your spirit. Yeah. So like Sozo prayer or freedom prayer kind of sure. Yeah. Prayer, yeah. Stuff like that. And it was completely new to me. I remember I went to this conference and the guy was like, yeah, you know, every once in a while people will see things in the spirit. And, 
you know, you might see an angel this weekend. You might see someone that manifests a demon and mm. then a demon starts to like what well, we might have to cast out some demons while you're here. So <laughs> and I was like, I've never seen any of that like, before. What? And I went in very skeptical. <laughs> I went in very skeptical. And yeah. I remember the, the gentleman that prayed for me, he said, do you have faith to believe and receive from the Lord that you will be free from all demonic oppression today? Mm. And I said, I don't know. I don't know, mm-hmm. what, that, I don't know yeah. what that means. And he was like, well, will you allow us to believe for you? Hmm. And then he just simple, just very simply spoke the word over me. And he said, second Timothy one seven says that the spirit God gave is a spirit of power and love and sound mind. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, huh, I believe in the Bible mm-hmm. that's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so that has to be true for me. So if I have a spirit inside me that God gave me, that just gives me power mm-hmm. and authority over these thoughts, mm-hmm. then why am I allowing them in. Mm-hmm. Why am I allowing myself to identify as mm-hmm. someone who's broken and yeah. and hurting and anxious and depressed? And oh, I don't know the exact verse. I wish I did. Um, so uh, I'm. I think it's in Second Corinthians ten five. And again, don't quote me on that exact mm-hmm. verse. I know that. Um, I think it's it's in one of the Corinthians. Okay. I know the word. There's I don't only two to know, choose like, from. The, where so they it's got to be in one of them. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You've always got a 50-50 shot with, yeah. with Corinthians, but. Um, it says, um, we take every thought captive, mm-hmm. we submit it to the authority of the word, and um, uh, then through that, we demolish every thought and argument that the devil sets up against itself. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I grew up and I, and I had studied psychology, you know, I had taken counseling theories classes and stuff like that, and there's this, um, the most modern form of counseling right now is called CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Mm. And when I was in the mental hospital, we did CBT, stuff like that. Okay. Um, so it's it's like the most mainstream form of therapy that they have right now. Mm-hmm. And what CBT is, is it's the process of identifying cognitive distortions mm-hmm. and, then re- and then redirecting them. So you'll identify, okay, I'm scared to look this person in the eye. And mm. so that's a distortion because yeah. you don't actually have to be scared of that person. You need to redirect that. And, uh, and then when I read that verse in the Bible, I was like, wait. That sounds like taking every thought captive and uh-huh. submitting it to the authority yeah. of the word. Yeah. And so I, it was just such a cool thought to me because it's like, you know, the, the area of psychology is only like, it's, it hasn't been around for very long. When you think of Freud in the, in the early 1900s, mm-hmm. um, I hope I'm getting all the technical <laughs> details right about this, but I know that like psychology is a relatively new science, if you want to call it a science. Um, but I just think it's so cool how from that 100 years that it took yeah. to get to that conclusion yeah. of developing CBT <laughs> was already where Christ was at That's in the very beginning. Always how it in the is. Bible. Yes, yes. And so I started to realize there's a lot of truth in this Bible and this mm-hmm. word that I always believed but never really actually thought about. Mm-hmm. And then for the first time, I read the Bible all the way through and mm-hmm. I didn't read it like I was reading um, just a bunch of words on a page. Yeah. And it wasn't boring anymore all of a yes. sudden. It's like wow. the power of the Holy Spirit the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives mm-hmm. in you. Mm-hmm. Um, the same power that filled Peter and and brought him from being afraid to to and denying Christ three times to sharing Christ in front of five thousand people. That spirit, I realized that's yes. in me. Yes. And that same spirit um, jumped off the page in that word, and mm. and it gave me power. It gave me life, and it mm-hmm. gave me the ability. Like I like I said, I've tried all these different therapies, but genuinely, just giving your life to the Lord and sacrificing yourself to Him yeah. was that was the thing that, that did it for me. That mm-hmm. was the thing that absolutely changed my life because it's the most foundational aspect of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you're not just a mind. You're not just 
um, a, bo- a bunch of a ball of flesh walking mm-hmm. around with chemical reactions going on in your brain. There's mm-hmm. a spirit inside of you, yeah. and that spirit has to be given to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it, and and when you give it to the Lord, then it will be filled with life, and mm-hmm. it will like it'll resurrect your identity, mm-hmm. right? So yes. yeah. So that was the change that went through that I went through, and then um, I kind of just grew from there. You know, okay. obviously, like I was fairly new to knowing the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. so there is still like a continual sanctification process that mm-hmm. happens in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, when you give your life to the Lord and mm-hmm. you're always growing, you're always learning new things. Um, yeah. You're gaining new revelation knowledge from the word and from yeah. the Holy Spirit. And um, I just kind of started walking in that. And yeah. and that's dramatically um, changed my life. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm married. And, and I mean, Come actually on. also I, I lost like 50 pounds Amazing. Yeah. So even your physical health was tied to a spiritual problem. That is so common. It is. That is so, so many people are going through that. And so this is, this is not condemnation against anyone in that boat. This is like, there is hope in Jesus for you, even for your physical problems that exist in the world or like things that are slowing down or hindering your life. Mm -hmm. And something I want to, so when you said, you had this revelation of this verse of like taking every thought captive, yep. making it obedient unto Christ. So is this the moment that you feel like you were baptized in the Holy Spirit? Or is this the moment where you're like, this is when I got actually like saved? Or was it just a revelation after salvation kind of in between those two things, do you think? Well, that's a that's a really good question. I definitely received the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, uh, after, afterward, after that. Yeah. Okay. So was this that, was a it's actually an interesting that. story. So, so like I said, I'm married now and, um, I had kind of alluded to the fact that right after I, um, was delivered, I went through that deliverance. Um, right after I was delivered, I, um, kind of started going into the sanctification process. And part of that was reading the Bible from, from cover to cover for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I had made it to Romans and I think as soon as I made it to Romans, then um, after having read the whole Bible, you get the whole story of mm-hmm. redemption throughout the Bible. And it was really like, wow, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it yeah. other than that. I received a big revelation at that time about, about um, receiving the Holy Spirit Yeah, and it was powerful. And, and I remember right after that, I had, I took a shower and then I started I'm praying in tongues in the shower and I just received like the, I, I believe that I received the baptism of the Holy spirit at that time because I felt like a supernatural, um, everyone always describes it as liquid love pouring yes. over you and, and, and like being covered in the anointing, a lot of that kind of stuff that I always grew up thinking was really mm-hmm. weird and yes. didn't, and sounded kind of funny and, yeah. but, and, and didn't really sound like it was in the Bible, but then yeah. After I had read the whole Bible from that mm-hmm. perspective, it kind of mm-hmm. made sense, and yeah. I just surrendered to God. And I and and like I said, like that Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if you've done an episode yet on the baptism of the Holy Spirit or not. Have you? Not exclusively, but, but I've talked about it before. Yeah, like the key is like you gain the is that you through it you gain the ability to um, not be afraid and to and to go out and share the gospel like. Baptism of water is what washes you clean. Baptism of fire. Fire is meant to spread, right? Mm-hmm. And so it gives you the ability to spread the word and share the word. Yeah, and good. And that same day... It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and that same day that I had received that from the Lord was the day that I asked my wife out on... Who who I was then not dating yet. <laughs> on, on, a, on our first date. And wow. the Lord... Um, 
gave me the supernatural ability to just share the word with her. I had never experienced anything like it. It was as though scripture was coming to mind stuff like that. I didn't even know. Yes. Um, I could just call to mind. Um, the anointing came on me Mm -hmm. and, and when you know the anointing and when you know the presence of God in the, in the anointing, it really, Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing how it can, uh, how he can just take over and start speaking through. Yeah. And so that happened on my, on my first day. And and that was how um, my wife and I, kind of first started our relationship and mm-hmm. um yeah we it, it was super powerful for her too because yeah. that was kind of the first time that she had ever learned that the, about the, the knowing the person of the holy spirit yeah wow so, um yeah and then right after that i had a couple of friends of mine who said wow that's really interesting that you just got baptized in the holy spirit and went on your first date because mm-hmm. at the exact same time that morning they had but this they had both felt on their spirit to pray for me and wow. they didn't talk to each other about it. They just said, that's Oh, awesome. that's cool. Cause right at the same time, the Lord just put it on our spirits to pray. Yeah. Um, just for DJ for some reason. And so wow. they just said, okay. And then that, that happened to have been the moment that I was receiving. That is and so good. Yeah, uh, that kicked off our marriage. And that's how you know that you gotta, that the Lord is, is behind it. Yeah. I mean, obviously we didn't just immediately get married. No, you got married like the next day. You can tell them you can be on it. No, <laughs> I love that you were supernaturally baptized in the Holy Spirit when you were by yourself. And you're like, it's so interesting too. I'm just reading into it, but like you're in a shower. It's like a, it's like water baptism at the same time almost. And it's liquid love. Cause it's like hot water. No. Um, but it's like the Lord through, through meeting him in his word, you then receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You like, right. he, and he does all of it. Like he comes to you and you just receive it. And you're like, were you, so were you praying and asking for it? Did you say, or did it just kind of happen to you? Um, I feel like it just kind of happened. Yeah. And you start speaking in tongues. Yeah. That, yeah. That's amazing. Like that is such a cool, like how yeah. good is God? Y'all yeah. better rejoice at home. Hallelujah. Glory shout in your living room. But like, Amen. oh my gosh. Like it's so, because I think as, believers sometimes we like to prescribe everything god will only do it this way you have to have hands laid at this service there's to be someone screaming in tongues over you whatever and like so often it's like no god can do what he wants and when you have an open willing spirit yeah he will move in power in your life like so that is so exciting i love that testimony that is so so good yeah and i'll be honest i'm not a theologian you know i don't know how all the technical details work but all i know is that like i just want to surrender to the lord i want him to use me and i do want to obviously be discerning like Mm -hmm. it is very important that you're found that you have a foundation of truth Mm -hmm. um i I always think of um of uh, faith as being like a rocket ship it's very important for you to have um like a solid structure. It's very Mm -hmm. important for you to be discerning and to have knowledge of the truth because Mm -hmm. that's like the foundation, right? That's like the launch pad that you launch off of. Right. But it's also important to note that when you build a rocket ship, the perp, you have to know what that rocket ship's purpose is. And Mm -hmm. that's to blast off in outer space. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and faith is really the fuel of that. Mm. You know, it, um, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And as you really, it's like, I always love when talking about faith to always attribute it back to what is my faith in, um, as opposed to like faith standing on its own or like faith in faith itself or faith in my ability to have faith. I love to be like, it's faith in God's character, right? It's faith in who your father is. Yeah. And when, and when we get a revelation of who the father is through the Holy spirit 
and read of the person of Jesus and we get this like trinitarian view it's hitting you from all sides it's like yeah. you increase in like i don't know if increase the right way but like you just feel your faith so alive in you mm-hmm. and you're you're willing to to believe and trust in his promises and like if my god said it if my father said it if he says i'm a co-heir with christ that's exactly who i am and nothing less like you start believing exactly what he says because you believe in his character and that he's actually who he says he is instead of yeah. like well, maybe this is true. It's like, no, it is true because he said it, which I love. That's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah, yeah. I just can't get over. I met DJ mm, 2020, probably. Right? Yeah, I think in 2020. COVID. Hashtag so COVID, there, you guys. There's a, most of the people that I know in my life at this point never knew me before I had received deliverance. Yeah. You know, like my wife, you know, she had never, you know, thank God she never mm-hmm. um, knew that side of me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was amazing. But I remember I met DJ at a barn. Um, well, we live in <laughs> Iowa. Every, <laughs> everyone lives in a barn here. There are yeah. no houses. Um, so I met him at a farm that um, we were doing a revival. Yes, we were doing a revival with this group that now we have a church plant through. But Amen. Um, we we met there. I remember the night that I met you, too. And I saw your scars and I asked you about them. And I remember and I was like, whoa, what is, what happened? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, so then to hear the testimony and to see how DJ has lived his life. And then as he's become a husband and as he's like moved into different jobs and started his own business and just seen how God has just continued to, to bless him and grow him and bloom him in his mm-hmm. life. In his like, he's in his twenties y'all. So he's very young. And like the Lord is doing amazing stuff in his life. And I just want to declare over anyone listening, God will do the same in your life. Um, You might be struggling with something different and you might be, you know, feeling like you're in that spot that he was at where it's like, I feel like my life is filled with demonic stuff. I feel like the enemy is after me. I feel like I don't know where God is and I don't really know God. We want to encourage you get into the word and start asking God to reveal Holy Spirit to you. Start asking him to reveal Jesus to you. Like start asking the father to show you who he is. And he will like, that's what he does. He loves our hunger and he answers it. And he answered DJ's hunger like time and time again. And it's so good. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And then what you're struggling with will become your testimony. You know, like I said, be prepared to always share a reason for the hope that you have. And so it's my job as a Christian to always be prepared to share my testimony Mm -hmm. with somebody. Yeah. And it's like, it reminds me just as you've been talking, I'm immediately reminded of, right. He takes what the enemy means for evil. Right. And he literally turns it for good. So there are these scars on your arms that some were directed at like full out suicide, right? In your testimony. Uh, yeah. 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 There's some deep, deep wounds that DJ physically had in his heart, but also in his literal body. And Jesus bore those scars in his own hands and feet so that DJ could be free. And now the scars are healed on his arm and they're marks from things from the past, but they're no longer his identity. Now they're, they're actually being used in service of his resurrected identity through Jesus, where he now gets to minister the very scars on his arms that he was like at one point suicidal with. Now he gets to bring new life to people. Yeah. That is literally the definition of that verse. So that is like, your life is a walking testimony. Like it's so good. And that's so encouraging. Would you just share for a minute about maybe I know this is pretty 
deep and maybe hard, but sure. share about like suicide for you and what the, maybe what that sort of was like, what kinds of stuff were you hearing? Yeah. Were there things that l- tried to like lead you into that? Like just right. for well, anyone that's struggling with yeah, that. So I, I, I should clarify. I was never genuinely like suicidal. Okay. Um, what, I think one of the, um, uh, disorders that I was diagnosed with was called borderline personality disorder, which mm. I believe is the only um, disorder in the DSM five, which is the diagnostic statistical manual of okay. disorders. Um, it's the only one in there that includes non-suicidal self-harm. So, and, I, and the reason for that was because, um, and I, I, I chat online. I, I part of a ministry where I chat online with folks who are struggling with suicide. Yeah. And one of the main reasons why people don't commit suicide is because um, they have people in their lives that love them mm-hmm. and um, they're, they don't want to make them, those people sad. Mom mm-hmm. would be sad mm-hmm. or I have a dog and he would be sad. Yeah. Whatever it is for you, it's so important. Whenever I'm chatting wow. with folks who are suicidal, that's one of the main things I ask is, do you have people in your life that you're responsible for? Mm. It's very important to take responsibility for the people around you and Mm -hmm. to, and, or to find something to be responsible for, because that's Mm -hmm. what keeps you going. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps me going is knowing that I have a wife. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that keeps me going is knowing that I have a wife and that it's my job to take care of her. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that'll really, and if you have someone that you love, that'll really motivate you to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. The reason why the Lord wants you to be healed is, and I mean, obviously because he loves you, right? Mm -hmm. First of Mm -hmm. all, but one of the reasons why he wants you to be healed is, because freed people free people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The the more healed that you are, the more healthy that you are, the more equipped that you are to share that with other people, mm-hmm. right? And so, part of the reason why I never had had become fully suicidal was because my mom loves me, mm-hmm. and my mom loves me so much, and Amen. I could not bear. It. And that was part of when I was uh, when I was really deep into self harm. Yeah. I would never allow my mom to know about it. I would mm-hmm. never talk to my mom. I would mm-hmm. never open up to my mom yeah. at all. And, and my mom was so broken and she was so hurting inside Mm -hmm. and, um, I just could not bear the thought of her crying. Yeah. And ever since I got out of that lifestyle and got, and, um, was freed, Mm -hmm. my relationship with my mom is way, way different. Like my mom is one of my best friends now. Wow. Praise God. Um, I love it. Yeah. it, It was super awesome. So no, I was never exactly totally suicidal, but I just, for anyone that is suicidal, I mm-hmm. think it's really important to, to, um, just never give up hope, you know, mm-hmm. just, it's so hard and it breaks my heart, mm-hmm. but always know there's hope. There's always, mm-hmm. there's always, there's always something out there to make it worth it. Yeah. And I remember even, and that was, I remember even when I was at my darkest point, I'd always thought that I remember being in the mental hospital and thinking, okay, I've got to have, hold on to at least some shred of hope. Yeah. You know, and then faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Mm -hmm. It's the substance of things that you haven't seen yet or Mm -hmm. things that you aren't aware of at the time. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think about that's Hebrews 11, one. It Mm -hmm. says that it says Mm -hmm. faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And it's the substance of things not seen. And, um, this is kind of a side tangent, but I Mm -hmm. like talking about it. It, um, the definition of anxiety is um, it's fear and it's predominantly future focused and focused on the unknown, fear mm-hmm. of the unknown. Um, and then depression is essentially like just this overbearing sense of hopelessness. Mm. And faith, on the other so- hand, is um, the assurance, yeah, assurance of things yeah. not seen. Mm-hmm. It's antidote to anxiety. Yeah. Wow. And, mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah. And, and the substance of things hoped for mm-hmm. antidote to depression. Yes. Come on. You know, so yes. I'm not the, I'm not the kind of person you'll never hear me say, Oh, you're depressed. You just need to have more faith. Yeah. Amen. But I will acknowledge that there is a mm-hmm. genuine, like, um, truth to faith being the foundation of freedom Yes, and having faith. Yes. Like I said, with the rocket ship, it's very important for you to have that foundation, but you also have to have the fuel to be able to, mm-hmm. um, to, to, skyrocket into yeah. freedom or whatever yes, you know? yes yes um i just love rocket ships i like <laughs> yes <laughs> um i think something else that i just picked up on you were saying is like you actually would shut down around your mom because you loved her yeah, yeah like honestly, which yeah. is so for parents this is so good like there's so many things we're hitting on like for parents of teenagers who are like distant from you and you're you're worried it's not because they hate you and you have nothing to offer them. DJ is like, I literally loved my mom so much that I couldn't bear the thought of opening these things to her. But for teenagers, we just want to tell you, like, open up, like, get these things dealt with and invite your parents into it. Um, and for parents, like, know that your kid is not too distant for you to reach into and they're not too far gone. You can still have a place in their life to, to minister Jesus to them. Um, so if you feel like there's like separation in your parent child relationship, like DJ's literally like the reason I was like, that was actually because of my deep love for my mom. Not cause I yeah. hated her. And I think the enemy takes everything and tries to lie about it to us. So then he tries to put a rift between, you know, parents and children and, and all that stuff. And it's so horrible, but I just love that. Yeah. There's so much revelation just coming out about all this stuff through you, which is awesome. So I'm wondering, would you pray over the people that are listening that either maybe it's a parent or a family member that's struggling with someone in their family with self-harm or they themselves are struggling with that or hopelessness or anxiety, any of those things. I'm wondering if you would just pray over them for us as we close out this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I want to just give all glory to God Yes, right now. Come on. Thank you, God. Cause, mm-hmm. cause the thing is, none of this has anything to do with me. Right. Like none of, none of what I've been through and I, I'm not, I don't ever at any point want to act like I'm boasting about mm-hmm. myself and what I've accomplished no. because mm-hmm. I've, I've reached this grand revelation. Like it's all God. It's all his mercy. Mm-hmm. It's all his mm-hmm. um, grace on my life. Yes. And so, you know, yeah, let's do it. Let's go before the Lord. Let's Hallelujah. pray for him. And, and whoever you are listening to this right now, if you're struggling with something, I just ask that you just open up your heart right now. Mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, I know we're on the other side of a podcast mm-hmm. right now and you're, mm-hmm. and you're listening, you're listening to this after we've already recorded it, yeah. but I just want you to remember that God is right there with you, Yeah. you know, and you know, I know I might not know you, but I, I feel for anybody who is struggling mm-hmm. I, and God feels for you too. Psalm 139, just if you're struggling, read that. Mm-hmm. It talks about how much that God knows you. He knows your innermost being. He formed you from your innermost being. God has compassion on you. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much, Lord, for the spirit of compassion that yes. you carry. And um, thank you so much for um, the fact that you heal your children because you have compassion on them. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God, that you are the healer. Yes. Thank you, God, that you are our deliverer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you've set us free from the law of sin and death. Mm -hmm. 
and you've given us a spirit of life and life abundantly. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ has come that we may have life, mm-hmm. then we may have life abundantly. Thank you, God, so much for that truth. Mm-hmm. So, God, coming into agreement with you, I just want to speak life right now over anybody that's listening, mm-hmm. and I want to pray over them. I pray for your power to come upon them. Thank you, God, that as believers, if they believe in you, they have full access to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and the spirit that is within them. I'll say it. I said it several times and I'll say it again. Second Timothy one verse seven says that the spirit that God gave us is not a f- spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind, mm-hmm. not guilty mind, not fearful mind, yeah. not mentally ill mind, mm-hmm. but of sound mind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that that's the truth. And I speak that over them. Like mm-hmm. I said, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Yes. And so I speak with my tongue right now, life over them. Yes. I pray they would receive Jesus. you. I pray they would yield to you, God. And I pray that as they yield, that you would fill them up with your Holy Spirit, that you would give them power and that you would give them fresh revelation from your word about how to walk a resurrection in a new resurrection identity, God. Mm. And if whatever there is that they're going through is really serious, God, I pray that um, you would intervene in their life supernaturally somehow, Mm -hmm. some way. I have hope. God, I pray that they would have hope, whoever they are. God, um, thank you so much for that. And we love you, Lord. We love you for what you do and who you are. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Dage, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so glad you were the perfect first guest, by the way, ever. Yeah. On the podcast. Okay. Epic. Very exciting. <laughs> I feel so resurrected in my identity. Come on. Right Amen. <laughs> That's the goal here. Okay. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this encouraged you. This encouraged me. I'm just happy to hear it. And I already knew this story, but I'm just like so happy to hear it. Um, And yeah, what God does for one, he will do for another. Um, He's the God of renewal. He's the God of redemption. And he will take the brokenness in your life and he will heal it. It might be a certain time period. He will take you through a process. DJ went through a process of this. It was not overnight, but the Lord did answer him. And so I just want to speak that hope, just like DJ was saying. We want to speak life over you and into you in the name of Jesus. So thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Have a good one. Take care now. (laughs) Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye.